This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, giving you the opportunity to get involved and make your community a better place for seniors. Find out more at carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Will the Trudeau Liberals get third time lucky with their latest fix to the passenger rights bill? And why can't they just adopt a system that's been proven to work? And celebrating Zoomer beauty. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. It's being called a game changer in diagnosing Parkinson's disease. Scientists have discovered a breakthrough thanks to a biological marker that lets doctors identify the disease before the onset of symptoms like tremors or balance issues. The test was found to have sensitivity in detecting a buildup of abnormal proteins believed to happen at the early stages of Parkinson's. Published in Lancet Neurology, the study's co-author says that once validated, this could transform clinical care and the search for treatments, preventions, and cures. A new study finds that more affordable over-the-counter hearing aids work just as well for adults with mild to moderate hearing loss as the ones fitted by audiologists. The trial was small but significant because it demonstrates that patients can successfully adjust the settings without the help of a health professional. In the States, the Food and Drug Administration gave the green light to over-the-counter hearing aids last year, and these can save the consumer about $2,800 a pair. Millions of people take melatonin to fall or stay asleep, but a new study reveals that what's on the label might not match what's in the bottle. Researchers tested 25 brands and found that 88% did not contain what was on the label. Some gummies had less melatonin in them and some had up to three times the amount listed. In addition, it found that in the U.S. there's been a dramatic spike in the number of children overdosing on melatonin gummies. The 102-year-old man who was convicted last year on more than 3,500 counts of accessory murder for serving as a guard at a Nazi concentration camp has died. Josef Schutz was sentenced to five years in prison last June, but remained free pending appeal. He had denied working as an SS guard at the Sachsenhausen concentration camp, but the court concluded that documents with his name, date, and place of birth showed that he had, in fact, been an enlisted member of the Nazi party's paramilitary wing stationed at a camp on the outskirts of Berlin between 1942 and 1945. 
Canadian authors have made Pen America's latest list of most banned books this year. The 11 titles have each been banned by 10 or more school districts in the States during the last school year. Tying for third place with a dozen bands is Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale, the graphic novel, a 2019 edition of the classic. Also on the list with 10 bands is Milk and Honey, a 2014 collection of poems by Indian-Canadian author Rupi Kaur. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Is it third time lucky or strike three, you're out? Earlier this week, Liberal Transport Minister Omar Al-Ghabra unveiled his latest fix to the airline passenger rights bill. It sparked lots of criticism and has critics wondering why Ottawa doesn't just follow a model that works. I talked with NDP transport critic Taylor Backrack. This is the Liberals' third try at finally getting air passenger rights correct in this country. And what we see in Europe, for instance, is a system that's been working for over a decade, and yet the minister seems really reluctant to simply copy and paste what they've done with their legislation and regulation and make it work here. Uh, Instead, he's doubling down on an approach that over the past two years has left a lot of Canadian travellers in a lurch. Um, We need an approach that's simple, that's streamlined, and that gets passengers the money that they deserve Uh, My concern is that the minister's doubling down on this really convoluted bureaucratic approach that that could make matters worse. If nothing else, it's going to leave us in a similar situation. That's my concern. He says in a lot of situations, compensation will be automatic. Yeah, I've read through the legislation and I I don't see it. Um, You know, he's claiming to have closed the major loophole that we've been raising concerns about. Uh, again, the language around that loophole is is still going to be in the legislation. Uh, then he says that, well, a lot of this is going to be forthcoming in, in new regulations. Well, we haven't seen those regulations yet, and, and we would much prefer to see it actually baked into the law itself so that we have that certainty um, that those changes are going to be enforced. Let's get to that loophole. It's a loophole regarding security and safety. So is that the right loophole to close? And is it closed? That's a very good question. And and certainly, you know, we want an air sector that is safe. We want people to be able to uh, travel with the peace of mind, knowing that uh, every safety regulation is upheld. The situation in Europe, they have a very simple classification of flight disruption. Either a disruption is an ordinary disruption that is caused by something within the reasonable sphere of influence of an air carrier. Uh, so this is things like making sure you have enough crew to, to right. staff the flight, um, making sure you're maintaining the airplane properly, uh, maintaining your computer system so that it works. Uh, these are all reasonable things. And when, when those things go wrong and it results in delays or disruptions, passengers should be compensated because, frankly, the airline should do a better job. The other category is extraordinary disruptions, which is, Things like uh, major storm events, uh, acts of terrorism, recalls, recalls by the airplane manufacturers. No one is suggesting that airlines should have to compensate passengers for things that are entirely outside their influence. And so that's why we've been advocating, and I, I tabled a private member's bill in the House of Commons just a few weeks back, uh, laying out some very simple amendments that would bring Canada's law 
into line with what the Europeans do. However, in the legislation the minister has tabled, instead of simply, you know, stealing our homework and, and using these <laughs> yeah. ideas, he, he's chosen to create this much more complex situation, which relies on regulations that we haven't even seen yet. So, you know, a lot of this he's asking, he's saying, trust us, we're going to get this right eventually. Well, based on what's happened the past couple of years, I don't think very much trust is warranted. Would you say, is that because of lobbying by the airlines? There's no doubt. I, I've talked to the airlines myself, and, and they tell me they don't want the situation in Europe, because in Europe, they have to pay passengers all kinds of compensation. And and the airline lobby in Ottawa is tremendously strong. They have a huge voice in the Europe government. And when we see these watered-down uh, laws and watered-down regulations, it's really a result of the pressure that they put on the minister and on the department. So we're, we're pushing back. I'm, I'm working with these great consumer advocacy groups that stand up for ordinary Canadian travelers. And we're trying to finally get a law with some teeth that, that consumers can depend on. Um, because really, this is just about uh, upholding some pretty basic stuff, right? Yeah. When a company sells you a service, they have a responsibility to deliver that service. And in many cases, we see airlines making what seem to be commercial decisions that are leaving uh, passengers sleeping on airport floors and out thousands of bucks and having to skip trips they've been looking forward to for a long time. We need, we need a better system. What about uh, the fact they seem to have hired a lot of extra people to administer this? Well, that is the other aspect of this, is that Canada's system, because it's so complex and bureaucratic, because there are all these processes and, and panels and tribunals and these kinds of things, it's very expensive to administer. Right now, the CTA has a backlog of over 44,000 complaints it's, it's wading through. And the minister has had to continually dump money into the CTA in order to deal with this complex system. Uh, we feel that because these kinds of delays and disruptions seem to be so routine, we should have a very streamlined process that is, is less administratively burdensome, that treats it more like a traffic violation. You know, if, if there's a, a disruption and there wasn't a big storm event, then the airline should pay passengers automatically. And and we think that that kind of, of system, first of all, it's going to be an incentive for the airlines to treat passengers right. And it's going to get uh, passengers the compensation they deserve uh, much faster than the current system. Taylor Backrack, thanks so much for this. Thanks so much, Libby. Have a good day. That was NDP transport critic Taylor Backrack. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, Zoomer Beauty. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, Canada's largest and most influential association fighting for the interests of Canadians as we age. Find out more at carp.ca. Looking good, Libby. Hold that. Beautiful. Looking good. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you very much, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Good job, Libby. Okay, group Libby. shot. This week, I had lots of fun participating in a photo shoot to launch Zoomer Media's very own line of cosmetics. Right now, when the beauty industry markets to older women, the watchword is anti aging. Our concept is simple celebrating Zoomer beauty. I talked with Natasha Ray, general manager of the Zoomer store. 
So one of the issues that happens uh, with women as we get older is that the beauty industry starts to ignore us. And we really wanted to combat that. We wanted to create a product that embraces us as we age. Um, products that don't try and make us look different, but help us to look more like ourselves as we age and to age gracefully. So that was really the thought behind Zoomer Beauty. And do um, people have to sort of change their approach as they get older, not so much in terms of ingredients, but in terms of the way you present yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of that less is more piece, you know, it's more of like the natural look and how can we embrace our natural look and our skin and help the skin shine through. So products that are a little bit more moisturizing and, and help us with preventing any of those fine lines, um, you know, that sort of thing. So in terms of, you know, the context of a new vision of aging, what do you think that this line helps us do? It, it helps us embrace our age. I know even for myself, as I as I get older, I, I don't want to look different. I want to look like myself, but I also want to, I don't want it to be a secret that I'm getting older, but I want to stay beautiful, um, you know, as I age. And so as I look at skincare, I'm looking at things that help me keep my skin looking supple and, and beautiful, but aren't hiding me. You know, so I think that is really the concept behind it's not hiding us as we age, but embracing our skin and our looks as we age. Where do you think that we're at in that continuum? Do you think things have started to change a little bit or are we kind of uh, there? It's a long road. I think things are really starting to change. And I think especially with the pandemic, there was less of an emphasis on covering your face with a lot of makeup and foundations because we were wearing masks. So it really turned into being more important about skincare and being proud of our skin. So there was a bit of a shift we saw. It was less on cosmetic sales and more on skincare products, products that made our skin look beautiful. And I think that sort of carried through even past the pandemic. So we're not wearing our masks anymore, but we've also sort of released ourselves of the masks of heavy makeup and are now just looking at lighter makeup and, and products that we know are going to make our skin look radiant. That's interesting about the masks. And I know that there were a lot of people that kind of shifted from modest makeup all over to like lots of makeup on their eyes or right, whatever. Right, yeah, <laughs> nothing on the lips. <laughs> no, don't need that. Right. How much of that do you think is going to stay with us? I know that during the pandemic, you know, the thought was everybody is going to stay in uh, lounge wear and leggings forever. Um, is Are things getting more formal? I think they are. They are starting to get formal again. Even if you shop online, you see there's a big shift from loungewear. What's your message to Zoomer women and men? Hey, we mm -hmm. shouldn't be sexist about Zoomer beauty and what it can do for them. Zimmer Beauty is an exciting line. Um, it, there's tons of products with good for you skin ingredients that will help you to embrace your skin as you age. If you go to zoomerstore.com, you'll see our full line of offerings. We're also adding on a bunch of new products um, that are more based around skincare. So, you know, for the men, skincare is so important. I know I think of my own husband and he does just as many steps for his skincare routine as I do for mine. And he's 10 years older than me. So, you know, I think you know, skincare is huge and, and Zoomer Beauty is ideally going to be at the forefront of that. And I think our audience is going to like what we've created for them. Okay, Natasha Ray, thanks so much. Thank you. You can check out the Zoomer Beauty offerings at zoomerstore.com. Mm -hmm. 
brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Weekend Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. Zoomer Weekend Review is produced by Zeev Hadi, Christine Ross, and Paul Thomas. Technical producer, Justin Eacock. Executive producer, Moses Nimer. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.